Welcome to Supply Chain Now, the voice of global supply chain. Supply Chain Now focuses on the best in the business for our worldwide audience, the people, the technologies, the best practices, and today's critical issues, the challenges and opportunities. Stay tuned to hear from those making global business happen right here on Supply Chain Now. Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Scott Luton and Kevin L. Jackson with you here on Supply Chain Now. Welcome to today's yes. show. Kevin, how you doing? Yes, sir. I, I am really happy today, but for some reason, I just got this urge that I need a vacation. I need a tropical <laughs> vacation, maybe a island somewhere. I don't know if you have any any suggestions <laughs> or, or recommendations, but it's certainly hit me today. I like it. I like the vibe, <laughs> and you know we do. We've got a wonderful show that's not only going to inspire folks to visit to these beautiful places that you're talking about, but we're going to inspire folks with a wonderful and inspiring story of an entrepreneur and business leader who's building an incredible brand and company. And I'll tell you, Kevin, she's changing the world. You know, I know we give Enrique Alvarez, our dear friend, a hard time when we talk about that because that's his mission. He's changing the world. Core, our guest, is changing the world. And Kevin, I can't wait to jump oh, into this, this story be, here today. Huh? It's going to be fun, enjoyable, and inspiring. It's inspired me for right. quite a few years. <laughs> You're not kidding. All right. So, folks, today's episode is presented in partnership once again with our friends at Microsoft, who's doing some pretty cool things in the industry as well, helping us all move forward together. So more on that later. So, Kevin, I have the distinguished honor to introduce our guests here today. I can't <laughs> wait. Based in Honolulu, Hawaii, our guest has been described as a designer, dreamer, and survivor. Now, our guest has racked up the awards left and right, including being recognized, just a few here, because the list is long, Emerging Designer of the Year recipient, a Women Who Mean right. Business honoree, and a Wells Fargo Rising Star Award. Wow. How about that? Her apparel, all designed, sourced, and manufactured in Hawaii. Well, they've been worn by the stars, the rock and roll stars, Hollywood stars, you name it, television shows. And she's been featured in the pages of Vogue UK, Elle Magazine, Essence, Inc. Magazine, and many other popular publications. But beyond the design, our guest is building a company with purpose. She's been invited to be part of critical industry leadership conversations by the likes of, you may have heard of these groups, Kevin, the United yeah. Nations and the National Retail Federation. So please join me in welcoming the CEO and founder of Core Adorables and Core Spearman Hawaii, all part of the Core Adorables Sustainable Corporation, Cora Spearman Chang. Cora, aloha and welcome. Aloha. How are you, Scott? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. Wonderful. I mean, but Scott neglected. He's going to talk about it, but you are also a great mother and wife and leader. All this. I mean, how do you do all of these things? Uh, by the grace of God, this is all. I give God all the glory. He's my CEO. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's <laughs> really the CEO. Well, that certainly helps make for successful decision-making there, Cora and Kevin. And that's a big part of the equation. Well, Cora, welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome. We got so much to get into here today. And we want to start, Kevin, with getting to know Cora a little bit better. I want, and Kevin opened it up perfect because he's thinking of this, these beautiful places that you get to call home. So I want to talk about Hawaii for a moment. What's one or two 
and I'm sure the list is long, but what, what are one or two of your favorite aspects of living and working in Hawaii? Well, one or two, uh, there's so <laughs> yeah. many, but Hawaii is steeped, of course, in culture and all different cultures from all over the world that call it home. And so the word for family is ohana. And your ohana can look like it's, it can be chosen, you know, family and not just your blood family. And so that whole philosophy and theory of what curly, truly creates community is what runs deep through the veins of the whole ethos of Hawaii. So that's first and foremost, one of my favorite things besides the environment of having the mountains and as we call it, the Aina or Malka to Makai, the ocean and the, the sea as well as the mountains. So we have so many of the, you get to see the, God's glory, just all of the different things and all in the nature and creation. It lets you know how small we are in the scheme of things. When you look up at the big mountains, when you look into the vast ocean and how we play a small part, but our small part still has a big impact. And the whole thing too of Imua and Imua in Hawaiian means when you are gathered with a mm. common purpose and you come together and perseverance and in purpose as well as dignity, and you push forward. So we always use that fight chant of imua in Hawaiian, mm. and so the word aloha. Please tell it, and for the handful of folks out there who may not know, or a lot of folks may not know, tell us about aloha. Aloha is not just hello and goodbye. It is the breath of God. It is the breath of the divine be with you. So you're telling someone, peace be with you, and to carry that breath, to carry that life with you. So you're giving them that blessing. So when we say aloha, we're giving someone a blessing. Mm. And so it's not just hello and goodbye, but it's truly a blessing. Aloha, Cora. And that man, what a wonderful and beautiful, serene way of opening our conversation here today. Kevin, I'm going to steal one of these words because I feels like me and you have been on Amua for a couple <laughs> years now, Kevin. You know, huh? the, the, the thing about the Hawaiian culture is that it's caring. It's embracing. And, and and the people are caring and embracing, and the and the, the language sort of reflects that culture. People know Hawaii as a you know wonderful uh, vacation place, but to be so lucky to live in this environment of uh, a family of Ohana, you know, I'm, I'm jealous in, in a lot of ways, Cora. <laughs> Don't be jealous. Come join me. I love that. I think I need to go to an island somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Come come join me. Come join me. (laughs) Let's make that happen. Okay. So moving right along, we understood doing our homework that you're a fellow, big, big fellow food fan. So we got like like kindred (laughs) spirits there. So if you had to pick one dish, Cor, and we also understand you're quite the chef. So if you had to pick one dish as one of your go-tos to prepare for Ohana, what would that be? Oh, my goodness. Something that you all would have to try. It's cooking because the holidays are coming up. Thanksgiving. Cooking. One is my grandma's oyster dressing, which is Mm. always a standout. But the other thing is cooking the turkey in the Hawaiian emu. Emu turkey (laughs) is like no other turkey you've ever had in your life. You want to talk about fall off the bone, moist, just tender. And it's all Mm. only butter, Hawaiian salt, 
some garlic. And so it's funny when I was doing the traditional emu with some elders in the community and they invite you over because they do the whole thing with the banana leaves and they actually dig the underground, yeah. you know, oven and, and create this cool thing. And it's a very cultural, beautiful thing. And it's a big honor to be invited. Not everyone can just cook in the emu here in Hawaii, right? Mm. And so when I went, you know, I, I called myself the Black Martha Stewart. <laughs> I had, I was like, oh, over here in the garden, you guys got some rosemary. You got some of this, some of that. I was throwing rosemary, sage, throwing apples and oranges in there. They're like, hold on now. This is not how we're doing emu. And I was like, Dang it. And so I was like, oh, they're never going to invite me back here again. But thank God they did because it was amazing. And they're like, oh, Cora knows how to add the extra herbs and spices. So it's like, I'm the new wow. KFC of, uh, of Hawaii. <laughs> I'm starving. No I am starving now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got you got to try emu. If you have the opportunity to have emu turkey. I know a lot of people, yeah. when they go to the luau's, you get to have the pulled pork. Right, and that's cooked generally yeah, I, in I the had emu, one of those right? when I was there. That like, was delicious. Had, yeah. Ooh, imagine mm. it being turkey. Wow. Next level. We mm. call it kanyak attack. That's when you go well, to sleep. Cora, I couldn't get past the oyster dressing, which I I love dressing. Oyster dressing sounds even better. So uh, we're gonna oh. have to exchange recipes. Oh, ask, oh, grandma's wow. recipe. For yes, sure, please. All right. So. Kind of kidding aside, and, and I appreciate uh, the opportunity again to talk with you about a wide range of topics here today. Kevin and I both do. You're also a brave cancer survivor. And I tell you, as I've learned, and as Kevin and I and the whole team have learned more about your story, there's so many different things to celebrate about your journey, what you've been able to overcome and build for so many. So if there's one piece of advice that you'd love to offer some of our listeners that may be out there fighting and battling their own things that come in life, those biggest and greatest of challenges, what would that one piece of advice be, Cora? Well, for me personally, it's always getting centered with prayer and my faith. But everyone is different mm -hmm. in a certain way, right? So, and not everyone has that same ethos or philosophy. So what everyone could probably relate to is, again, that whole spirit of imua, and that pushing forward. And in order to do that, I think you have to have something to look forward to. So whatever you're going through, focus on the future. Whatever you're doing, whatever your business you're starting, if you're going through tough times, if you're going through great times, still focus on the future. And when you're looking towards the future of something, it causes your whole paradigm to shift to looking at something outside of yourself, but you're also projecting that this there, the future will happen. You're manifesting something positive happening in the future instead of dwelling on the here and now. You're thinking forward. So I would say focus on that. And when you're focused on the future, you're seeing yourself, you're projecting already seeing yourself in another time span that is ahead of just the now, meaning that these tough times right now don't stay forever. And so for me, the cancer I knew was just my right now. And it was going to be a part of my testimony and my journey because I believe that God and I was going to yeah. get through it. And it was going to get through it with faith, not only in myself, but in something greater than me. And just knowing that something greater than you is out there and focusing on your future will help push you forward. Of course, beautiful message. And I can really envision on those darkest of days, 
you know, controlling our mindset and controlling what's what we can control is so important. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Kevin, you respond to that if you would, and then take us to where well, we're going to, next. To be honest, I really like the positioning yourself to look towards the future because you can always get drowned out by the trials and tribulations of today. And you really need to believe that there is a better future. But that really sort of leads me to a personal question I had with respect to you and business. I mean, everything in life has a why. I mean, we've been talking a bit about what you do, but I mean, could you share why you do it? Why the business? I mean, there's so many things in your life that I've, I've learned about, and but, but why this? Why Corridorable? Yeah. Well, why? My why was I always, uh-huh. even as a little kid, I always wanted to be a mom and I always wanted to be a fashion designer. So when I played with my Barbies, mm. my Barbie was a mom and she ran a business and she wore amazing outfits that I would design. But I wasn't necessarily encouraged by my parents to become a fashion designer okay. or entrepreneur, even though my dad was a designer. And entrepreneur and my mom. They were like, don't do <laughs> it. No. You, right? <laughs> yeah, they warned me. It was like, you need to be a doctor <laughs> or a lawyer. And I was like, eh. and so I found my way. And I think that the universe always has a way of conspiring mm-hmm. to work with you for you to ultimately live your destiny and your dream. And we may push against it and try to go other directions, but ultimately we're guided back home. And for me, it was my why was. When I was faced with cancer, it was like, all right, this was my, literally my Mm -hmm. come to Jesus moment. And it was like, all right, when given a second chance at life, what was it that you were always scared to do that you always wanted to do? And so I always wanted to be a designer and I always wanted to be a mom. And when faced with potentially not becoming a mom, you know, because of the cancer, it was like, well, that's when you really had to rely on faith. Right. And so in the hospital, it was a nice distraction. Like I said, I focused on something other than my immediate Mm -hmm. situation and that in the hospital, I was writing a business plan. Like literally I was, I had tubes in my nose and they wired my mouth shut in order for me to get the radiation to my brain and my head to stay in the same place. You, they had to make sure your mouth was wired shut. So I learned to be like, and talk through my teeth just like yeah. this. You know, I learned to be like a ventriloquist, just to talk, talk through, to you know, wires, my teeth huh? or whatever. <laughs> just talk to the wire, right? Like Kanye West, except <laughs> not as crazy. But what I ended up doing was just like figuring out a way. So my original plan that I pitched to these doctors, because these are the best doctors in the world, right? So I'm like, I'm going to pitch these guys. You know, maybe they'll invest, you know? And so I entertained them. They, every day, they were always so amused, you know, the, and the residents at the time to come to my room because they're like, what is Cora going to say today? What is she going to pitch us today? So I pitched a smooth food company because I was like, I'm so tired of drinking Ensure. I can't take any more butter pecan, no more vanilla, no more strawberry. No, thank you. I was like, no. I said, I want to come up with a smooth foods company that has, you know, the flavors of all of the world. Indian food, Thai food, soul food, barbecue, 
like ensure like smooth flavoring without being fucking close. Right, right, going through the tubes, right? And I was like, hit it in the vein, hit it up with the IV of like barbecue sauce, sweet baby rays, right through the vein. Love it. And so, but what ended up happening was I had to think about, I at the time owned retail yeah. stores here in Hawaii. And in owning the retail stores, people were always coming in asking for matching family aloha wear. And they couldn't find it. They didn't want swap meat material. They wanted something higher end quality. And the doctors and nurses loved coming to Hawaii mm. on their vacations. But these were people that didn't have a lot of time. And that's one thing that a lot of busy people are always short on, or all people in general. We don't have an abundance of time. And so you could save people time by creating something that was their go-to that could be, they could wear this shirt to uh -huh. the office, but they can also wear it to a wedding, but they could also wear it on vacation. It could also double as their Christmas card. So it was when I had, I was like, these doctors are my target market. So when I started focusing then on the business plan of creating Corridorables, which was the Aloha wear for the whole family, and that was going to be their go-to and save these doctors time for when they go on vacation, they just throw this easy to pack, sure. easy to have it, and then boom, that's their Christmas card. You know, it was a win-win. And so they became mm. my test market, but they also became my clients that I have to this day. So my why started off with me playing with Barbies and uh, wanting to be a designer. Wow, and to be a wow. Mom. What a great... <laughs> What a great really? story. I mean, before, before yes. Cora Globals, the only uh, fashion that came out of Honolulu was Hawaiian shirt. But after Cora, it's like an entire line of Aloha wear. I mean, this is amazing. So you have clothing for the entire family. But what have been the most popular items? What has resonated most in, in the market with your doctors, I guess. Well, you just said it with the doctors, my number one and all, honestly, my number one seller is my men's ah. Aloha shirt. My men's shirt is the gangbanger. <laughs> He's like, boom, boom, boom. It's like, he is the star of the show. It's funny. We were featured on yeah. you know, Magnum PI, on Lost, on the different shows, but also our Aloha shirt, we became the kin shirt as chosen oh, okay. by Bloomingdale's for the Barbie, the movie that launched this year. And so wow. that really helped to ignite a lot of sales and a lot of attention because when I looked and I said, I knew that they were going to do this partnership mm -hmm. with the movie. And I said, well, Ken, you know, his yeah. job is beach. Right. And I was like, hello, <laughs> what better shirt? Beaching shirt, then you know, the chorus from Hawaii Aloha shirt, and Bloomingdale's was like, Okay, we'll buy wow. it. Wow. <laughs> so Look at that. You, you start with Barbies, clothing of Barbies, and now you create a, a Ken shirt. Wow, <laughs> right. Full Kevin. circle, like I said, God makes no mistakes, full right? Circle. Full circle that really. And I got to go back before we move forward in the conversation. I want to go back to your answer to Kevin's first question because. Kevin and Cora, undoubtedly, we've got entrepreneurs out there listening to us right now. Some of them are still working on their plans. Some of them have already started and they're fighting through the trenches, you know, all the things that come with it. But Cora, to hear how you were putting together your first business plan and what you were overcoming personally while you were doing that. So folks, if you're out there listening and you're struggling with your business plan, hey, that's a good, be grateful for what you have and you're not having yeah. to tackle some of those, those personal challenges that core overcame bravely and, and ably and look at, just look at what they're doing now. All right. So core and Kevin, y'all know 
We got to talk about supply <laughs> no. chain around here, right? So, <laughs> just because the name of the show is supply chain doesn't. <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, gosh. We'll blame it on uh, yes. Congress or something. I don't know. But hey, your products are really cool to have them made and designed in Hawaii. And uh, there you're, of course, working with several local factories. So, let's talk about a couple of uh, supply chain topics. Logistics first. Right. So, talk to us about the challenges of sending your products to raving fans across the globe core what's what have you have overcome there well i think the hardest thing is getting things made mm. in america these days because the cost of manufacturing in america is high you know for us everything from our fabrics our buttons everything is sourced right here in hawaii so our buttons are coconut husks that say hawaii so every small detail and that was very important to me I also wanted to give back to my immediate mm -hmm. community. And I thought it would be very simple. Like, oh, we all work together. It'll be easy. And then it was like, no, it's not that easy. <laughs> it was like, it, it was really, really hard. It's still hard and expensive, but it's worth it. And it's part of my ethos. It's, it's our value. It's our mission statement and having things made here in America. And so the, with our supply chain, the hardest thing was, well, I, I don't mm -hmm. want to reinvent the wheel. There was already older Japanese families that and Chinese families here that have been in the garment creating industry for over four and five decades, 40, 50 years, these companies. So I said, well, why would I go and try and store something in Asia when these companies mm. are already here making these fabrics and textiles? Let me see if they'll partner with me. And they did. And I, I let them know, hey, if we can work together, because they already have the supply chain in regards to getting bolts of fabric yeah. on boats here. Right. right. And so then also me going through export. We had an export university sponsored by the SBA here and the Export Council in Hawaii. And so I said, well, when in doing the export university, I knew that people were all here at the foreign trade zone. So in being in the foreign trade zone and finding out different ways that you can save money in having a potential export and getting your product here and getting it here and lowering your cost, sourcing was kind of wow. like my thing. You know, so being able to find each one of the different things to put it together, it just all of a sudden it all divinely came yes. into play. So it was working with other families that had been doing it that were suffering. These yes. businesses were had been around for four and five, like I said, generations, but they weren't necessarily getting that deal anymore where people were buying mm -hmm. a whole lot of their fabrics. Oh so I became that person who started giving back to them and pouring into them. But then it was like, oh, this is a whole thing because they pay taxes yeah. here. They already had their supply chain down. I'm not breaking, you know, reinventing the wheel. Right. But I'm partnering with people who are already had created something and had created it for decades. So I knew that it was a sound product and then it made it that much easier and then bring it together. So yeah, it was going to be a lot more expensive. So that meant that my shirt couldn't be sold at Walmart, right. Right. even though I tried, <laughs> you know, it's like, and yeah, Kevin really knows really that, you know, that. I had 17 Walmart stores initially, but it was like the woman who was the vice president here of Saks Fifth Avenue, where we had a pop-up store. She said, well, if you would have did Walmart, you would have never been in Saks. And I said, oh, that's a heck of a statement. Right. And, but it was like, but it's funny. Now our Saks Fifth Avenue has now turned into a target. <laughs> so wow. that tells you about the economy and the market here in Hawaii. But, so, but you know, it's uh, all things. It's all yeah, about so partnerships. That's what you're highlighting, right? Mm -hmm. 
strategic Creed. partnerships. I believe your network is your yes. net worth. Yeah. And so it's about who, not just who you know and their power influence, but it's about looking into your community about who's already doing something and doing it well and what right. can you learn from them. So let me ask, so Cora, so you really leaned into the local established ecosystem there and rather than reinventing wheels, you put it, that co-opetition, which is really mm -hmm. a healthy thing, right? You found those partnerships and found ways of inbound importing, exporting, and solving the businesses, your businesses and growing businesses needs. But the other thing I want to ask you about is even though as in any startup out there, for, for that matter, any business out there, costs can be very a big constraint, right? But right. you were committed to not compromising on sourcing and sticking to ethical sourcing. That's a really big priority for you. So tell us about that. Well, I had to do, the funny thing was ethical sourcing, because I had cancer, I filed for medical bankruptcy. So wow. I was starting a business with no credit, you know, no money, and no banks would loan to me. So it was trying to figure all of this out with literally nothing but a dream, an idea, and passion, right? So it was finding, in dealing with local communities and dealing with people here, it was them knowing my story them knowing my background and us working together and saying, hey, I will work my butt off mm -hmm. to get this account in order to get this, but can you give me net 30, net 60 terms? It's that kind of negotiation and having those hard conversations and actually humbling myself and saying, hey, I don't have the money, I don't have the means, but I will find it. I am good for it and we will make this work. And then having those people then literally invest with the product in a way so that I was able to source my materials, but also take care of some of my overhead and yeah. a lot of my cost, right? But then also pay attention to my margins and knowing, okay, I need to make this amount of money and have it set at this price so that now I can go back and pay people what they deserve to be paid and they know that I'm good for it. Yes. You know? And work with work with suppliers that do the same t right. thing with their teams and, and no one's being taken yeah. advantage of. Right. That's right. That's such a powerful approach. Kevin, your quick comments. Well, there. I mean, you started off with talking about Ohana and this is really another extension of Ohana. If you're doing business, your ecosystem, your business ecosystem is your business family and you have to work with them right. as they need to work with you. And that's why it's critical to being right. open and honest when you're doing business, it's, that's the only way that everyone can move forward together. Business isn't a zero-sum yes. game. You create uh, value. You create wealth for everyone. Yes. And wealth isn't just money. It's all about your, your lifestyle, your environment, what you can do with your life and how you can enrich the lives of others. So that's right. one thing I, I see in, in your story, Cora. <laughs> oh, thank you. Kevin, well said, well said. And, I, and I, I wholeheartedly agree with you, Cora. I really, despite all those personal challenges and business challenges that you've already laid out, not compromising to take advantage of others just so you could yeah. you know, grow your business. That is such a, a wonderful leadership quality of yours. All right, shifting gears a little bit. Sustainability, as we all know, right? Uh, consumers, investors, 
business leaders, we all want more and more, and not just want it, we want to do something about the environment and climate change. And we're looking for sustainability a number of different ways. When it comes to your business, businesses, I should, I should say, what are some of your priorities when it comes to, to sustainability? My priorities is based on, I guess, the four pillars kind of as outlined by the United Nations mm-hmm. Global Compact. So, you know, corporate responsibility starts with a company's value system and principle-based approach to doing business, right? So this means operating in ways that at a minimum meet fundamental responsibility in areas of, for me, human rights, labor, the environment, and anti-corruption, right? So those are the four uh, pillars as, you know, overall, but then we also have it based on the 17 SDGs as outlined. The yeah. SDGs is the Sustainable Development Goals of the United Nations. So it was kind of using that as our North Star and always focusing on, does this fall into a line with all of these missions, specifically the four pillars and then the 17 SDGs? And if anything was like, nope, then we had to pivot and turn around and go right back Wrong. to that. And you get a lot of nopes in this journey, don't we? We all get a lot of nopes, don't we, You get more no's than yeses, but rejection is just redirection. Well, but I like how you put it, because we get lots of no's, and then we get a lot of nope, nope, Nope. you know what I mean? Uh, Sustainability or that, that focus and commitment, sustainability is really what allowed you to not only be unique, but to grow and create a position in the marketplace that's unassailable, right? Nobody can create what you've Well, the funny thing, oh, I think the funny thing is that sustainability for me was Uh just who we were. It wasn't a buzzword. It wasn't greenwashing. It wasn't like, oh, we need to jump on this bandwagon. It was sustainability was necessity for me because I didn't have the resources that a lot of other businesses had. So I had to depend on my community. I had to make sure that everybody was then paid a fair wage. I had to make sure of all of these different things because I was working with local organizations and people that I was accountable to because I see them at the Mm -hmm. grocery store. I see them at church. I see them them everywhere. And so this is my community. So I had to also be honorable in my um, interaction with my community. What's important about that is sustainability is your differentiator in the market. (laughs) As I'm learning also your commitment to doing the right thing. And I don't mean to be, I don't mean to be too simplistic with that, but as we're learning more and more about your story and your priorities and how you do business, I'm seeing this common theme emerge and that doing the right thing on so many different levels is so important. And it's what this industry needs so much, this world needs so much more of so that really as we promise y'all they're listening we promise you an, an inspiring story and cora kevin cora is yes. delivering here today let me ask you about this kevin mm. we're going to celebrate something with cora and her team because this was i think this is pretty new news if i'm not mistaken it's a high honor to receive the b corp certification and your company your Enterprise just received that. So tell us why, what that is first and why that's important, Cora. Oh, well, thank you first and foremost. Thank you so much for that. We're very, very grateful. B Corps are mission-driven companies that balance purpose mm. and profit. So you have to have the two, you know. And B Corps are for-profit companies that meet high standards of social and environmental mm. performance, 
transparency, as we talked about before, yeah. and accountability. B Corps use the power of business to do more than just, like I said, seek profit. You know, we use our profits and growth to positively impact our stakeholders, our immediate communities, the world community, the planet. So certified B Corps use business ultimately mm. as a force for good. Yes. That's our superpower. And so to be a part of that and for to go through their rigorous standards and tests, like this wasn't something that happened overnight. It literally took me about 18 months to become wow. yeah, hard work. That's but, hard work. And that was considered quick for some people <laughs> because other B people seeking B Corp certification, um, them doing their yeah. impact assessment, going through the whole processes. It's taking some people three to four years. Very impressive. But companies like. Patagonia, Bigelow Tees, you have Ben and Jerry's, you have all of these, what do you call, yeah. Athleta, you know, they're all B Corps. So now we're in this like cool, <laughs> cool kids club that like I said, you think business as a force for good. So now I'm trying to become like the Nicki Minaj or Cardi oh, right. of B Corps, okay. you know, where I jump on the track of a brand bigger than me to like, like spit my verses, oh, and I'm like, know. Hey, you know, and I lay down my line tracks, Cora you know, and Cardi and B, if they'll have do what? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how sustainable, well, I'm, maybe she's about sustainability. I would hope so. But you know, kidding aside, <laughs> and I love that by the way, Cora, but kidding aside, B Corp status really seems to fit yeah. how you do business and your values and your, your, your MO. Kevin, that's, I'm going to have to look into this B Corp status and who knows? I mean, pur where, the, where purpose and profit meet. I mean, everyone oh, no. can win there. Yeah, huh, absolutely. Yeah. That's like you're getting in a rare air of business, right? You look up to these companies that right. can be successful and save the planet. And uh, this is especially right. important in, in today's world as we're looking at climate change. And I mean, uh, Hawaii, I mean, in, in Maui just recently yeah. because of the um, high right. wind from Fires. a hurricane that mm -hmm. was enhanced by global warming. So this really hits home in, in, in so many ways. Literally. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I want to ask you about Microsoft Office 365 and, and Outlook. The world, I am a big, I'll tell you, I don't know what I would do. Frankly, <laughs> and Kevin knows me well, without Outlook and Outlook calendars and tasks and all world. that stuff, I'm not sure how to get anything done. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I'm um, a whole hotmail girl, you know, so hey. I set my hotmail account. <laughs> okay. So we, we have that in common. That was my first email uh, address as well. What, so... <laughs> I know there's a lot of different components to your business, but when it comes to Office 365 and Outlook, is it critical to how y'all run and operate? Absolutely. It's critical because we're a, a mom and pop business with me and my husband. And so to have our phones sync up and have all of that handy and for our schedules to sync up, whether it be managing the kids to managing the home and of course all runs into one runs into the other. It helps us in regards to organization. It helps us in regards to our teams and being able to communicate with other people. It's just really streamlined it in a, such an impactful way that I wouldn't know where we would be, honestly, without it. I'm with you. And lest we forget, it helps you manage the production process for emu <laughs> turkey and that oyster stuffing, right? 
<laughs> so Kevin, help us being the technologist here, or at least one of my go-to technologists, weigh in on Microsoft Azure, which kind of powers well, all that you stuff. You know, right? I'm a cloud guy, right? And what many people don't realize is that, you know, these applications actually run on the Azure Microsoft Cloud, right? For instance, just your identity is handled by Azure Active Directory that manages who you are, who you want to connect to, and is secure, but make sure you're talking to who you should send emails to or communicate with. It makes it possible mm -hmm. for you to synchronize your passwords across all of these different apps. I don't know about you, but every day it seems like I need to download a new app. So now mm -hmm. uh, you can set up a single sign-on in the cloud, and it gives you the ability to connect to all your applications and all your data. In today's world, it's all about being connected and being able to do business no matter where you are. You know, so hybrid That's work right. or work at home is it, critical. And storage, I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I got tens of thousands of emails, it seems. I don't ever want to delete anything. But you know, a year from now, and I'll be trying to do something, and I'll go into my email box and find it, some, some correspondence right. I had two years ago that's going to, you know, make me close the deal today. All of that mailbox storage for Outlook is on the Azure infrastructure. But, uh, yeah, but more than that, you're in retail, okay? And this cloud, the Azure cloud, really accelerates business growth by providing this connectivity and solutions that integrate with your own existing systems. So in, in retail, especially intelligent stores and shopping and operations, supply chain, unified commerce. I, I, I'm sure, Cora, that you have to connect with your customers when they're in Saks Fifth Avenue or Blooming Bells or when they're on their smartphone and they need your doctors need that Hawaiian shirt for the event tonight. You know what you want to be able to reach to right, them, right? right. right? So, um, no, yeah, I said absolutely. You hit the nail on the head. And not just that, we just got selected by Louis Vuitton Moet Hennessy to be one of their curators of style. So we now supply to them for their wow. cruise lines, their luxury cruise lines. And so they now will have us going. We go at the end of this month, we start going on the mm -hmm. cruise lines and the journeys as one of their curators of style. Having that access, like you were saying, and when I'm in the middle of the ocean, but still being able to conduct business is a game changer. So you're right. absolutely correct. And don't that. forget that Excellent seamless point. customer service through like automated mm. customer service tools. Like, I mean, some people like them, some people hate them, but chatbots really help. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do. Well, you yeah, know, and customer experience, good old CX, that, that is what, who's not oh, talking yeah, about yeah. customer experience these days? That's what you're talking to. You and both, you and so, Cora both are. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, Kevin, well, go ahead. I don't think yeah, you're reading yeah, my mind. But, go ahead. But you are still, you already, you just described yourself as a mom and pop 
business. And then you say, but I'm going to be providing uh, leisure wear or no, aloha wear to uh, people on ships everywhere. So you are a family-run, family-focused, woman-owned, Black-owned, and Native Hawaiian-owned uh, business. And your story is just huge. So there are people looking at this show right now, and they're saying, I want to be Cora. <laughs> right? So what's, right. what piece of advice would you, do you give them so that they can tackle their own dreams and become their own superstar. I think the main thing is you don't want to, of course, you don't want to be Cora. You want to be authentically and yes. truly you. I think authenticity is key. I think you have to find, I talked mm -hmm. to little Cora, that little girl who liked to play with Barbie dolls. And when I was forced with being like, well, if this is my last act on this earth, what do I want to be remembered? How do I want to be remembered? What are the last things that I want to do? And it was going, you know, steadfast, chasing after that dream and goal of becoming that fashion designer, yeah. becoming that mom. I think you have to find something that you would do for free. Because in the, initially, in, in the big part of the of starting your business, you're not going to get right, paid. Right. You're fashion. not going to be making even. You're not going to be making a profit. So it's like, what would you do if you weren't getting paid for it? but you love it so much yeah. that you would do it for free and that you're actually giving someone something that mm -hmm. they would pay you for. And so when you find that thing, whether it be making a piece of art or making a shirt or making a, a car or, or creating an app, when you find that one thing that you're truly passionate about, yes. do that because then it's not work. Yes. It's your passion. Yes. And then it's not a chore to do it. You're not doing something, oh, this is a hot thing. I'm going to sell this because it's going to mm -hmm. make me money right now. No, that's a temporary fix. The long-term fix is finding what your true calling is, what your God-given talents are, what you have been blessed and put on this earth to share with other people. That it's not necessarily that you're going to share yeah. it and get paid for it. That's going to be the bonus. That's the extra. But what you are put here to do to share with other people and that eventually it's going to come yeah. back. That's your legacy. So find your passion and, and, and do great that. words, great words. Agreed. And I love where you started. It's interesting as wonderful as social media is and all the different things and the, from the, the memories it reminds me of or where we were 10 years ago or two years ago or two months ago to other great benefits. Still in some cases, social media has encouraged less than authentic representation. And I love that's where you started the answer, man. So to our listeners and viewers out there, take it from core, be who you are. Yeah. That's who folks want to do business with and buy from and collaborate with. That's such a powerful piece of advice there. So, all right. So as a father, Kevin, and I both are fathers. And I'll tell you, I think about this all the time, this question I'm about to pose to you. You know, what do we want our kids to take away from these journeys that they're watching us hour by hour, day by day, and how will that impact their lives? So, Cora, you have mm. two lovely daughters. I've seen some of the videos and some of the pictures. And not only are they uh, special individuals, but they seem to inspire the business. And better yet, they're involved in the business. I love that. Yeah, so yeah. what's one or two things that you hope they take away from your leadership and your overall style of doing business? Well, integrity. Mm. You know, your word is your bond. 
So for me, it's like I always tell them, I, and they say it every day, tell the truth, shame the devil. <laughs> and then for them, it's, that's the hardest time. It, it's the easiest, but also sometimes the hardest thing to do. And it's to have those hard conversations and telling your truth, whether it be to your vendor or to your supply, your supplier in any way that, hey, this is what I'm up against. And having that transparency, that authenticity, those are the, all the key words that lead up to your truth and you being having integrity and telling your mm. truth in that moment, even when it's scary, even when it's hard. And so that as little kids is the hardest thing, you know, because sometimes they don't want to lose their yeah. iPhone. They don't want to lose this. They don't want to get in trouble. So they're scared to tell the truth. And I'm like, no, this is a lesson that's going to follow you. Like right now, my youngest daughter just lost her mm. iPhone and iPad privileges <laughs> because it's like she had to learn to tell. She was in the kitchen making slime. Oh. And I was like, what are you in there doing? And I was like, why are you in the sugar? And she said, I just want to <laughs> taste sugar. But then the floor was slippery. And then I went in the kitchen and there was green gob everywhere. It was like, after, what was this? It was like Good Ghostbusters came in. It was like from everywhere. And I said, wait, wait. I said, were you making slime? And she says, maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> and I was like, tell the truth, shame the devil. Then she's like, yes, I was making slime. I was like, okay. But it was a lesson now all week. And she's like, can I have my phone back? I'm like, no. Can I have my phone back? I'm like, no. And it's like, why don't you have your phone? She says, because mm. I didn't tell the truth. And I was like, well, what's the lesson in this? And she was like, that even when it's scary, even when I'm thinking I'm going to lose something, yeah. I have to yeah. tell the truth. Yeah. So it's, that's one principle of it. The other thing is when my daughters want something, I have them pitch me. They have to still, you know, write huh? kind of like a mini <laughs> business plan. Yeah, they use, they, they're on Canva. If they're on here and doing all these different things, like my daughters love mm -hmm. Roblox. So I said, well, if you love Roblox, why don't you create Aloha shirts on Roblox? And so they wow. did. They helped me to create. And that's me getting into that whole new mm -hmm. gen alpha, this whole other generation that uses, you know, uh, digital, digital um, yeah. mediums yes. in whole other ways. And so it was like, well, how do you bring me into your world and how do we now speak the same language and have a common bond? Because mommy's doing this. You love this. You want this. How do we come together where we can both have it be a win-win? And so now they're like thinking of stores and apps and different things like that. And it takes me to this whole other level because mommy still, like I said, has a Hotmail account <laughs> and trying to figure things out. It's like, you got to help me figure out how to do all of this, you know, minority report type things. Yeah, where I feel like Tom yeah. Cruise and I'm trying to you know, figure it all out. But, you know, it's having those conversations. But I, I pray that my daughters one day take over the brand. And so in doing that, I have them be along with me in every step of the brand. They're with me at the suppliers. They're with me at the trade shows. They're with me in business meetings. They'll be with me on the cruise line and the, and the mm -hmm. things with Louis Vuitton. They, and they know how to present themselves as women and these young women in these situations. They know how to pass out a business card and That's introduce great. themselves. They know how to present a new product. And they know how to pitch to me. Hey, mom, what if we do this and this? You know, or what about this? And how to present it to me as a business person so as not to waste my time, which is, as we stated before, the most precious commodity we yes. all have very yes. little of. Well said, Kevin. Your response to Cora's beautiful approach with her daughters and yeah, uh, I think it's training them up into being 
ver- successful versions of core and taking over the business and going out and doing big things well, across I, the globe? I really love the lesson, right? No, you don't have, it's, it's not because you are making slime that you don't have your phone. It's because you lied about making slime. You know, yeah. I would have jumped right. in and made slime with you if you would just been honest with me. Exactly. Okay. Right. Um, right. I think that's really the approach you need to take, especially when you're trying to teach ethics. And the importance of ethics in business. I mean, you're doing it every, you're doing it every day by focusing on sustainability. And you're bringing life's lessons and linking them to work lessons, okay? How, how to present yourself, how to present your idea. These are critical in every endeavor, not just work, right. but when you're dealing with others, dealing with groups, dealing with people that may have different viewpoints or different worldviews than yourself. So good on you. That's exactly how you need. And these are, and these are lessons that I'm sorry, a lot of parents need to understand. Okay. It's yes. You are setting someone else's life up for either success or failure as a parent. You need to take that job as your number one job. Right. Kevin, well said, and I completely agree with you. A couple of quick comments here. First off, tell the truth, chain the devil. Let's just make sure folks get that phrase. <laughs> tell the truth, chain the devil. You're secondly, all these, you, you made all these notes again, didn't you? You know it. I sure do. You know me too well, Kevin. Secondly, Catherine, our producer, also back with Cora, was talking about how her daughters, she asked her daughters a picture on ideas. Her, Catherine's parents made her do the same thing. And hey, great minds think alike. And then thirdly, going back to slime. I guess slime is a thing these days because my my beloved <laughs> middle daughter, Gracie, she can work slime. If we let her do it, she would do it 12 hours a day, I'm convinced. So maybe we get our daughter together, Cora, and they just, they'll build a slime. We'll have slime, slime barbecue. Yes. <laughs> Sold. And we'll do it in Hawaii with Kevin. Yeah, in Hawaii. Yes. 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 Without corporate retreat. Well, this has been such. Corporate retreat. Yes. Hey, you have Ohana here. Oh, let's do it. Well, this has been as wonderful of a conversation. There's so much more to your story. I know we're just we're just scratching the surface for our audience out there across the globe. They they don't call me the black female (laughs) Forrest Gump for no reason. (laughs) (laughs) Like a box of macadamia nut chocolates. Oh, love it. (laughs) We got it. We'll have to broach that subject next. Your next appearance with us. So. I got a couple of quick questions before, as we you know, kind of come down the home stretch here. I want to start. Make sure, Core. Want to make sure folks know how to connect with you and the enterprise that you're building. Maybe they have you come in. Maybe they want you to speak to their team and inspire or talk business or purchase your products. How about that? How can folks connect with you and learn more? People can always connect with me at uh, Core Experiment at CoreAdorables.com on LinkedIn at uh, Coradorables or Corespearman, and then on all platforms at Coradorables, Instagram, TikTok, Corespearman Hawaii. I'm not a big TikToker. <laughs> you know, <but> What's <laughs> your daughter? We're learning, <laughs> right? I'm learning. That's my robot. <laughs> Malfunctioning. 
Well, Cora, such a breath of fresh air. Thank you so much for your time here today. And listeners, hey, special little treat. I think we uncovered in the pre-show. Cora and the team, they're offering a special discount code, Supply Chain Now. It's that simple. What you're listening to is Supply Chain Now. Put that in at the website. It'll all be in the show notes and, and as well as the sites, the Core Dorables, and all the businesses will be there. I'll see y'all check that out. But Core, don't go anywhere. We're going to uh, wrap. I've got a couple, just a question or two yes, for Kevin. Sir. Kevin, we've touched on this earlier. We touched on how Microsoft and its products is playing a role in Core and her team's journey, but they're doing some pretty, pretty cool things, as you mentioned, out oh, there yeah. in retail and for retail supply yeah, chains. Yeah, they just huh? recently, uh, just last month, they um, have improved the way data in stores could be processed and displayed in accordance to customized to a specific store. And this drives or enhances the smart store capability. And it gives those insights and personalized recommendations. Uh, to the, the customers as, as they walk in. So when you walk into that Saks Avenue, they'll point you right to the Corridorables shirts that fits you perfectly because they'd use the sensors to measure you <laughs> my, my big belly. But they also, <laughs> but they, they, they also have supported, improved support of, of operations, the ability to get Take the pulse of your customer via um, surveys and ad hoc customer experience interaction. And you can actually organize the task that you need to do in order to improve the customer experience based upon what your customers like and their needs and, and their history. You're leveraging this data to really deliver much more value. And all of that is, is in the cloud. So accessible right. from anywhere. And your customers, you can reach your customers through any device. So I think Microsoft Azure really has the, the retail need in hand. And they're focused on making it easier for you to connect to your customer. Well said. And you mentioned value. They continue to add more value to their offerings. Just in the last week or two, Microsoft added new demand planning capabilities to its Dynamics 365 supply chain management platform. So that is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Cool. They have, right. They've added AI to Dynamics 365 Copilot. <laughs> so now okay. you can bring artificial well, intelligence as your partner. Um, as you are improving your, your CRM. Okay, very cool. All right, really quick. How can folks connect with you, Kevin L. Jackson, your popular Digital Transformers oh, wow. series? Oh, wow. We tell you, we just did a session, a show with um, AT&T's uh, Chief Information Security Officer and actually there to support a conference on security. We had great response on that. And foreshadowings what's coming up in 2024 we're going to have i'm going to have a show in december where i'm going to be interviewing executives from ses satellite ses satellite is they are they've been providing high bandwidth internet access 
via satellite systems all over to all over the world, and they just launched a, a brand new service uh, that provides high bandwidth satellite service to all of the islands across the Pacific. Aha! <laughs> and also across awesome. the continent of Africa. And they're going to be launching an wow. entire constellation of five satellites across uh, 2024. So our first show that's highlighting that capability is going to be released in December. So we're at Supply Chain Now and Digital Transformers, and you can always reach me at on LinkedIn, Kevin L. Jackson. That's right. Everywhere, the one and only you can track down, <laughs> Kevin L. Jackson. And you can go through his agent too. But hey, really quick, I love that last story you mentioned because bridging the digital divide is certainly something that's yes. one of the challenges of our time. So I really appreciate and look forward to that show. All right, Cora Spearman Chang. What uh, I love your story. We, Kevin and I are both big fans. I'll tell you, Kevin will be the chair of the Core Experiment <laughs> Chain. Yes, absolutely. Um, Virginia fan club, and I'll be the Atlanta co chair of your Atlanta fan club. How's that sound, Cora? Oh, I'm here for all of it. I cannot wait. And I'm very <laughs> no. grateful. Thank you. Next time you all need to be wearing the Core Experiment oh, Hawaii right. Aloha we, shirt. We need to do that. Absolutely. We'll mark it down. Right. Yeah, thank we'll you make very it much for your, I mean, you are always inspired thank you for having me there, Cora. Thank you for accepting our invitation to, to share you and, and your story to our audience. That's right. Mm -hmm. So the feeling is mutual, Kevin, mm -hmm. and the honor is all mine. I'm very, very grateful. So thank you so much. Well, we look forward to putting our finger back on the pulse and checking in with you maybe in the first part of next year. We'll see, but keep, keep yes. moving those mountains and inspiring so many people and, and making so many raving customers with your brilliant designs and successful business. So we've been talking with Core Spearman Chang, CEO and founder of Core Adorables and Core Spearman Hawaii, all part of the Core Adorables Sustainable Corporation. Core, thanks for joining us. Mahalo. Aloha. <laughs> Aloha and mahalo. So big thanks also to our collaborative partners over at Microsoft as well, helping us to bring these wonderful, inspiring stories like this one to our global audience. Kevin, Thank always you. a pleasure Thank to knock out these episodes this, with you. This is great. I, I, I love these stories. This is what makes you jump out of bed and do what we do. So big thanks, Kevin. And to our listeners out there, hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we have. Hey, be sure to find Supply Chain Now and Digital Transformers wherever you get your podcasts. And on that note, take something that Cora and Kevin but especially Core Shared here today, put it into action because it's all about deeds, not words. And on that note, Scott Luton and the whole supply chain now, Digital Transformers team challenging you to do good, to give forward, and to be the change. And with that, we'll see you next time right back here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody. Aloha. Aloha. Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time on Supply Chain Now.